Hello and welcome to Win Stupid Prizes. My name is Paul and I will be your host for this week. Many of you may be aware that as an aside to participating in podcasts, I moonlight as the country's evil mastermind. Over the past uh, 300 years, my job has been somewhat redundant because the current MPs are doing a fantastic job by themselves. With that said, I am looking to retire. But before I go, I need to find a replacement. To help with this, I am joined by Alex. Hello, I commit tax fraud on the regular. Ed. Hey, I'm not hosting this time. And AJ. Hi, blue is my favourite colour of crime. These fine human beings are all representing different villains vying for the role of ruler of the country. Now, Ed, the first CV that I see on the top of my desk has your company insignia on it. Can you please sell me on this first villain? So, to be honest, I don't think he is the best candidate for this job, but he came up recently in another episode of this that we did. So, the first person that I want to address is Thanos. Really? Does want half of the population removed as a bare minimum. Yeah. Interesting first policy. Yeah, I'll just clarify a couple of key points about Thanos. He's all about balance. So, if anybody's just going to straight up redistribute all of the like resources and wealth, it's probably Thanos. However, his method of doing so is likely to be killing half of whatever is causing the shortage. Mm. I wasn't getting big communist vibes from Thanos no. myself, really. I was more getting big Stalin vibes from <laughs> Thanos. Another key point about Thanos is that he would actually reduce our military spending to basically zero because he has the Infinity Stones. Mm. Though yeah. that does put us in a form of a dictatorship. I'm not sure he's going to be easily overthrown. Yes. There's also the potential risk that he won't just be satisfied with the country and might try and take over the entire world. That might be a bit of a running theme with villains. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they have a tendency to expand. Yeah. I slid Thanos into your email inbox because we got to discuss Thanos. I mean, he's like the biggest villain of the modern era. It is an interesting point whether they should rule the country better. What is the definition of better? Is the UK better off with half as much population? Uh, not a question I want to answer. <laughs> Probably not. I won't get the stats team on that. <laughs> Moving swiftly onwards. This is someone who I think you should consider, but isn't going to be my prime candidate. Mm. And that is DreamWorks Megamind. Oh, big blue boy. No, small blue boy. <laughs> big blue-headed boy. So he actually does take over a city for a little while. Mm. Um, and this is where all of his qualifications fall apart, essentially. Yeah. <laughs> because uh, he neglects the city almost immediately, Oops. finding it rather boring in comparison to being a villain. Mm. The city still runs because all he did was get rid of their equivalent of Superman. Mm. All of their like mayoral council figures are still making the city run. Uh, I think Garbage Pals up if I remember the film for some reason. I think crime might be a little bit higher because there's no Superman, but like police still exist. Superman doesn't deal with all of the petty crime, or Metro Man, whatever their equivalent was called. But the biggest problem with Megamind is that I have to disqualify him because he becomes a hero by the end of the film. Ah, yes. Spoilers! Yeah, is immediately disqualified as he is quite benevolent towards the end, at least. Yeah. I mean, if you can forgive him for that... If I can forgive him for his benevolence. <laughs> Has already ran a city, now runs the country. Currently goes with the guy who's already in charge. Yeah. So you're just swapping one guy for another. And I think Megamind's a little bit better, but I don't think it's like... A massive improvement. And there definitely is a precedent for having a politician rise to power and then get bored with the job and just not do it. <laughs> yeah, I think Megamind could be a solid continuity candidate. Yeah. <laughs> if we get that everyone would just be worse, Megamind might just win based off the fact that he isn't improving anything, but he also isn't making anything worse. And that's politics. <laughs> <laughs> now, the next stack of CVs is from AJ. Who are you bringing to the table? 
So I'd like to rewind a bit and put forward someone from the past, because the Assassin's Creed franchise allows you to support and or assassinate a whole bunch of people who were actually historical leaders and someone who I think we generally remember fondly outside of the game is Alfred the Great. Ooh. You know, the whole like unifying the Britons and repelling the invading force and all of that. Mm. And it turns out, spoilers, in Assassin's Creed of Valhalla, he's a bad guy. So you found a loophole here in adding a non-fictional character in because they have been in fiction? <laughs> well, it's the fictional representation. Yeah, and because his <laughs> fictional representation is a villain. I think it's a loophole, but I do like it. <laughs> okay, interesting you've chosen to pick a native monarch, which is actually pretty good going. Like Already would have the pedigree for it. His name is The Great. Come on. So they repelled the Vikings, but what was their villainous activities in Assassin's Creed Valhalla? So mostly it's just because they're on the opposite side of this war. He's presented as like quite a worthy enemy. He does at one point, massive spoilers, kidnap your adopted brother, give him over to a crazy Templar for torturing. But, you know, he was mostly doing it for the good of the... Locals. Britons, yeah. <laughs> they were being invaded. So I think the thing with Alfred is he's a bit of a risk in that you could get actual historical Alfred, which would suck because you wouldn't be speaking the same language. Mm. Or you could get Assassin's Creed evil Alfred, who's more of an evil mastermind. <laughs> I'm just looking at like the language transitions of the UK, and it goes approximately from Old English to something resembling French back to Middle English. Norman Conquest, yo. <laughs> That's why the English hate the French so much, because we had to learn it. <laughs> Messed up our spelling a thousand years ago. Oh dear. Right, okay, well, I'll put that in the uh, to-review list. But you said you had someone else as well. Yeah, now, this is someone who cares greatly about the Earth in general, not just about Britain, and in fact might not even care at all about Britain, other than the fact that Britain is the birthplace of Jane Austen, his favourite author. Because my second proposal is Zinyak from Saints Row 4. Oh, who's that? You may remember him as an enormous alien guy. Yes. Who is in charge of this alien empire, the Zin Empire, and comes and effectively takes over Earth. Oh, that dude. So at what point in Zin's personal timeline? Is this prior to Earth invasion or during? <laughs> I was thinking post-Earth invasion because then he's had some time to acclimatise, get used to how humans work, you know, mm -hmm. really learn the culture. Put us in the Matrix. Mm. Yes, exactly. And then we'll be out of the way and the country will be very easy to run. And by will be out of the way is he planning on the extermination of all humans um okay so this is the downside to zinyak uh. <laughs> he believes in meritocracy but in a super elitist way so he goes around and collects all of his favorite humans like shakespeare and jane austen so like you and i might not be very well off in this scenario we might be toast Unless we can convince him to listen to our award-winning podcast. Absolutely. Award-winning? Well, this is news to me. <laughs> we have to win an award first. But... So he feels like a Thanos 2.0 in the sense of it isn't just half of the population, it might be 99% of the population. But he's a very cultured man. Does he kill other humans? Because I know that in the game, he puts you into a Matrix-style thing. He does. But I don't know if the Matrix thing is all humans or just the good ones, as he sees it. <laughs> I think it's mostly just the significant ones, and okay. the way that he has worked this out is largely, and this might be a good thing or a bad thing, 
he will just execute anybody who refers to Takata and Fugue and D minor as the vampire song. Ah, that's the vampire song. I don't know what that is. <laughs> it's... Oh, the vampire song. Oh, why didn't exactly. you say so? <laughs> but in terms of some positive leadership attributes, I think he's certainly very intelligent. He's very articulate, goes on talk radio all the time. He will quote Shakespeare to you while deleting you or ripping your head off. <laughs> The other thing I realised, it turns out he actually has access to time travel. Ah. Oh, is that how he gets like Shakespeare and so on? Yeah, so the thing is, he seems really intelligent and probably has learnt a lot, but is also kind of cheating because he has access to time travel, so he can just rewind until things seem like he did them right the first time, which would be great for a politician. Apart from the fact that most of his constituency is going to end up dead. That is... A downside. There are definitely pros and cons to inviting alien invasion. I mean, we had William and Mary of Orange, and I don't see how this is different. Uh, fair point. <laughs> Outside of nerd culture as such, I thought of a few more iconic villains that we might like to invite. I was thinking potentially the Sheriff of Nottingham, as played specifically by Alan Rickman. Because, like, he's certainly dastardly, but he's just gonna look so good doing it. Robin Hood steals from, like, the king more than the sheriff. I mean, no, the, the sheriff was the person. Oh, he is, like, the leader. Of yeah. The... Oh, okay. It was Prince John was the guy who'd gone off and fighting the Crusades. And the Sheriff of Nottingham was like... Holding on to all of his money. Oh, no, 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 wait. <laughs> Prince John was the bad guy. Yeah. Because King Richard the Lion... Richard the Lionheart. ...was off fighting the Crusades. He spent more time making war in the Holy Land than he did ruling his country. He did. Okay. I would be neglectful to mention, because otherwise our good friend Bear would come in and say, what are you doing? But in Robin Hood, the Disney animated film... Sheriff of Nottingham is a bear, so like, surely that's a better choice. <laughs> that is a good point. Is that what Disney thinks a bear looks like? <laughs> I think he's a bear. Like, I guess so, but it's got a very raccoon-like face. <laughs> well, just putting the bear to one side for a minute, I was specifically putting forward Alan Rickman's Sheriff of Nottingham, not the bear. Alright, but we're on Disney at the moment, though. <laughs> <laughs> it's fine. Control F bear. <laughs> Does not come up. I gotta know what animal this is meant to be. <laughs> Apparently, he's a wolf. A wolf? I guess so. He's a large, chunky wolf, but I guess he could be a wolf. And the other person who I had in mind was Miranda Priestley from The Devil Wears Prada, who is shown to be a stone-cold bitch. Mm. The UK has a certain amount of influence on the fashion scene, so maybe it'll just branch out the country in those areas. Yeah. Is she the devil, the titular devil? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, she is. She is. Okay, right. <laughs> Getting the devil to run the country. I mean, she's a literal devil. She's just kind of mean and very into fashion. If she isn't the devil, what? Why? What? What is she? Uh, okay. Literally just a per. Is it really? Man, this film is less interesting than I thought it was. <laughs> the devil wears Prada is not the literal devil wearing Prada. Spoilers. There is a metaphor here. It's just a catchier title than like. I met this horrible woman and she was dressed in Prada. Yuck. Okay, it is the bitch wears Prada, right? Yes, that, that's essentially the film. So yeah, those are my honourable mentions from a little bit outside the realm of nerd culture. Yeah, they're top-notch candidates. They're definitely going to be considered. Now, the next CV is from Alex. Can you explain this candidate? 
So the first villain I could think of was all I needed. So I'm going to present you villain number one, Robbie Rotten from Lazy Town. <laughs> Ooh. Okay. Wow. So unlike a lot of fictional villains, he's not actually like evil. He doesn't want to kill people. Mm. His schemes are stopping Sporticus from forcing people to exercise and be active. He just wants to be left alone. Mm. What are we going to see when he runs the country? I'm expecting stuff like community transit initiatives, a reduction in the work weeks, so you can have more time eating ice cream, watching TV, Compelling. relaxing in this evil underground lair. I don't even think that he particularly cares about people being active and doing sports. Like, he's fine with people doing that. He just doesn't want Sporticus to force people to do it. He will make a society that cares about the arts, that cares about funding TV shows and video games and ice cream parlours. You know, all the great things in life as long as you're not focusing on other people and going, hey, you should exercise. Because a lot of people, we don't want to be told, hey, you should do this. You should use your limited free time to exercise. Use your free time to do whatever you want. And Robbie Rotten will be happy. And he will make a fantastic country, whether you're a Sporticus or a Robbie. So I confess, I don't know much about the Robbie Rotten verse. A brief Wikipedia search has given me the information that his only real character trait is that he is extremely lazy. <laughs> yep. And you know what they say about lazy people? Sometimes they're the smartest because they have to work out how to cut all of those corners. <laughs> As we have seen by the smash hit We Are Number One, he has trained other people to help him. Was it other people or did he literally get this sort of slightly off clone machine? <laughs> I think they were people dressed up as Robbie Rotten. Right, okay. I'm not entirely sure why. I'll have to ask that in, in the interview stage. <laughs> So you think that a Mr. R. Rotten will do better than our current administration, but you do bring on the point that his arch nemesis is a particularly sporty individual. Now, speaking as a member of the UK, we do have an obesity crisis. We do. How do you think Robbie Rotten's going to respond to that, considering by your own volition, it would just get worse? <laughs> I don't necessarily think that you can personal responsibility your way out of an obesity crisis. I think that stuff like funding NHS treatments and some of the obesity crisis is also a mental health crisis of this is the idealised body and you're never going to achieve this. So if you see more realistic bodies on things... <laughs> Everyone knows that political figures are often the peak physical role models yeah. in our society. <laughs> Indeed. So Robbie Rotten's <laughs> approach is going to be a change into the which our healthcare system works. Yeah. Okay. I see he has potential. I'm a slightly bit concerned that he might take over the music industry. However, there's several horrible things with the music industry, so maybe that will come to benefit. Maybe involve more trumpets. That isn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing. <laughs> music industry suddenly got a lot more scar. Yeah. <laughs> Indeed. I want to see that as a campaign promise. Yeah, actually, yeah, I'm on board with this if that's like on his <laughs> list of things he's doing. <laughs> I mean, the biggest concern I think with Robbie Rotten is just that if he is really lazy, that he might just not bother. Clearly, that's why he's got you to submit his CV for him. There's a real <laughs> chance that even if he gets the job, he'll just be collecting that paycheck. It's not that he never does anything. We've seen his harebrained schemes. It's true. It is in pursuit of laziness, though. He finds a net and then tells people to throw it. That's true. He does tell other people to throw it. So you'd say he'd work really well with a cabinet style of government like we have here and let people get on with their jobs when they know what's best. Yeah. I mean, you do have to hire a good cabinet. Mm. If Robbie's letting the cabinet get on with it, you've just sort of shifted the problem one level down. No, because he sends that memo. The memo, don't be bad. <laughs> <laughs> the first time he says, when I say go, be ready to throw. 
and they throw, then he'll send the memo. No, throw it at him, not me. There will be comedy banana skins. Yes. <laughs> Prime Minister's Question Time won't be such a slog anymore. It'll just be a slapstick <laughs> <Yeah>. show. <laughs> It'll be a slapstick show of Sporticus versus Robbie Rotter. <laughs> I feel your CV is kind of bringing the double bill here. You can't have Robbie Rotten without Sporticus. Sporticus is just the shadow chancellor. Oh. Yeah, Sporticus <laughs> is the leader of the opposition. Yeah. I think a strong opposition really helps get everyone on board and make sure that the government is being scrutinised. And I think that's yeah. exactly what you get from the two package deal. Which is interesting because I think so far of all of the candidates, this is the one where they've actually attempted to keep the democratic pit. <laughs> I mean, he doesn't want to kill people. No. Which I think is a massive plus yeah. compared to quite a lot of the other people that we've discussed so far. According to Wikipedia, he is the tallest character. Uh, well, there we go. <laughs> That's a full sentence. Not even necessarily in Lazy Town. He just is the tallest character. Full stop. <laughs> gonna look good on the world stage. So I'm gonna put this CV in the special filing cabinet for future review. Oh, we're back to another one of AJ's. So the next person that I think we should be considering in this process, and I think we really need to take this candidate quite seriously, despite outward appearances. Did you suggest we haven't taken them seriously so far? Ah. Uh, <laughs> well, I think you'll see what I mean in a minute. Okay. But we've got a potential head of state and premier in one here, with Queen Whatever Wannabe from the Lego Movie 2. Ooh. Okay. I've only seen the Lego Movie 1. Yeah, this is going to take some Googling. How on earth do you spell that? <laughs> That's whatever, W-A-T-E-V-E-A-R-A. That's all I needed. Google auto-completed yeah. it from there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that thing. I've seen that in the adverts. Please, Her Majesty. <laughs> all right, fill in some details for me. Yeah, so Queen Whatever Wannabe qualifies as a villain in the sense that she comes over as quite nefarious and scheming for most of the film. And spoilers, it turns out that she's a visionary in that she knows what she wants for her kingdom. And what she wants is Lego Batman to be her husband. <laughs> I did go to the Lego movie wiki and the leading sentence is, Queen Whatever Anabi is Batman's love interest, open brackets, then wife. I think that's really underselling her. She is the leader of the Duplo Kingdom, which is, of course, at war with the Lego Kingdom. Of course. Of course. And she sees a way to unite these two warring dynasties, all very political, very War of the Roses. By marrying Batman? Yes. Oh, you know, shit. just like the War of the Roses. We'll join our houses. I guess that yes. makes sense. <laughs> right? Now, she does come across quite negatively early on, but that's just because the people of Lego don't understand what she's trying to do. The Lego Kingdom, it turns out, is really quite insular, and Queen Whatever Wannabe is pursuing a more universal vision for all of the different toy franchises working together and not taking themselves so seriously. And that's something that I think our country really needs. <laughs> okay. She also is a great singer and does a whole musical number that you have probably seen on the internet about how she's totally not evil. Mm -hmm. So that was very persuasive. You don't see any villains having a not evil song. They're always like, this is my I'm very evil song. Whereas Queen Whatever is both prepared and hashtag not evil. 
Okay, so what changes would Queen Whatever make? Apart from marrying Batman. Which I'm not too sure what the UK equivalent of marrying Batman is. Um, Mrs. Johnson is now kicked out. <laughs> no, I'm thinking something much more along the lines of a royal wedding. If you've seen the Lego movie too, you know what I'm talking about. It's a big event, and I think it could bring a lot of positive attention to the UK. Okay, so, so, so who is the UK Batman equivalent? That's a good question. America? Colin Firth. Oh. <laughs> For her to get the job, does she need to marry someone that's in the UK or marry someone that she is She needs a... to join our most warring partner. So she needs to marry... Who are we most awarded? The Falkland Islands. The leader of the French. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> just a big megaphone across the channel. <laughs> well, she is a shapeshifter, so she can just turn herself into the form of a Duplo megaphone and be like, hey, um, who's in charge of France? Macron? Yeah. Hey, Macron, want some of this, baby? Macron is known to favour older women in positions of power, so... I don't know how old Duplo is, but maybe... That's a good question. (laughs) I mean, the thing is, whatever is the ultimate populist candidate in that she can be whatever she wants to be, or whatever you want her to be. Mm -hmm. 1969, it came first available. Oh, really? Eight years older than Macron, which makes her ideal. (laughs) Ideal. Okay, so, so far we have a shape-shifting Duplo alien... That's main policy is that she will marry the Prime Minister of France. He's the President. Oh, the President. <laughs> but he will be the Prime Minister, presumably, yeah. <laughs> because obviously she will have to be the Queen. Yeah. She's already united the Lego Kingdom with the Duplo Kingdom. Are we now getting both of them? Are we at war with the Megablox Kingdom? <laughs> Are we at war with uh, Netherlands? Hang on, I have an important factual correction. Denmark. It's not Denmark, my fact checker. <laughs> no, Lego is in Denmark. Yeah, no, okay. My fact checker here points out that Queen Whatever is not in fact made of Duplo. She is made of the finest Lego because of reasons that are spoilers. Oh, okay. Even though she's in charge of the Duplo kingdom. Sure. So she's like a William the Conqueror kind of, I conquered the Duplo kingdom, but I'm made of Lego. But like more sassy and with songs. She's a Trojan horse style, right? They're like, oh, look at this fantastic horse. Psycho was made of Lego the whole time. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what happened in Troy. Yeah. <laughs> I think I made much lay on that. We gave this horse made of Lego to the gods and you just bought it in. I didn't have a better example of a thing pretending to be another thing. <laughs> Summarize the Iliad perfectly. Yeah. I've been reading this Wikipedia article. And apparently, she's very deceptive and tricks Batman into marrying her. It turns out to be a really good idea after the fact. Spoilers. Potentially. But it seems like she starts flirting with him. He's like, oh, I'm not cool with commitment at the moment. And she's like, oh, me too. And she starts like lying to him and tricks him into marrying through a series of lies and deceit. Yeah, so the thing is, she's very good with reverse psychology, which I think is going to be very important on the world stage, you know? To be fair, as a world leader, honesty isn't actually what we need. Uh, so... <laughs> you think that we don't want honesty? Uh, well, if we're trying to marry the French premier, then maybe not. <laughs> so you're saying that she's the kind of person who would fly a false flag until the last minute and then swap those flags out. And it's like, no, actually, I had my flag on the right way all the time. <laughs> I'm going to read the last two sentences of this section because it says she can also be a little demanding despite having no ill will towards anyone except for when she tricks Batman into loving her which does suggest that she doesn't hate anyone except Batman because she had to trick him into loving her No, she's really honestly into Batman and just knows that Batman isn't going to be able to connect with her emotionally until he has this sort of epiphany about being true to himself and not being the person he thinks he should be 
Batman's like, I'm so unimpressed by this. Yuck. I think you mean Batman's like, I'm so unimpressed by this. Yuck. <laughs> yeah, how did you know? Perfect. <laughs> I thought you hadn't seen the films. <laughs> uh, I've seen just that one line. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I'm going to put this CV to one side. There's only one CV now left in me and try. I finally managed to slog through them. And by finally, I mean I took the top two thirds through them in the bin because I didn't want anyone unlucky and was left with you lot. <laughs> so, um, oh, perfect, perfect. Ed, you are the last person to uh, present their candidate. Oh, well, you've saved the best to last because when anyone thinks of the word villain, other than Thanos, there's only one person that comes to mind. And I am, of course, talking about Mr. Kobintor himself, Dr. Robotnik, a.k.a. Dr. Eggman. Ah, oh, okay. That's a strong choice. Mm. Some of the pros of Dr. Robotnik. His main aim in life is to build a robot utopia. Not a utopia for robots, but a robotic utopia. I'm into that. So robots will do most of the work for us if he gets his vision. He can develop fully sentient AI, which uh, either are incapable of breaking their programming, or will develop empathy, and therefore will never hurt us. All the animals get these cool robot suits, which don't hurt the animal, because <laughs> if you see in the game, whenever Sonic breaks them out, they're just flattening around having a lovely time, and they're like, what the fuck, dude, you broke my robot suit. <laughs> On top of the uh, AI suits, he creates a lot of technology which is far beyond our current capabilities, which include things like hover vehicles, space stations, giant laser cannons, <laughs> sentient robots, fully functional mech suits, all of which will be very beneficial for the country. And I think the reverse nail in the coffin that is like, this is the best pick is that Dr. Eggman will forsake his evil intentions for the greater good. We see it in a few video games where he is forced to team up with Sonic in order to save the world rather than fulfil his evil plans. So I've got a small problem with his robust designs because almost every single design he comes up with has a big dome that a small hedgehog could jump on and cause incalculable damage. <laughs> enough that about three hits will cause it to explode and for him to have to hover off to... Well, first of all, that's actually a good thing because it means that access is much easier. <laughs> it also makes them much safer if they do malfunction, which is rare, but if they do, they're easy to break someone out of. And you got to bear in mind, that hedgehog fast as hell, boy. You just <laughs> run super fast and break anything if you try hard enough. It is an interesting question as to whether that vulnerability would technically be classed as an improvement on the current UK rail system. So, <laughs> but it's an interesting character. He does get fixated on certain things. If he gets fixated on something, you'll find it hard to get him off it. Well, that's where the he will forsake his dreams for the greater good when necessary thing comes in. Y yes, and the question here then comes in the same way that, like, with Robbie Rotten, you do gain, uh, uh, whatever his name is, Sporty Dave. <laughs> Sportacus? <laughs> like, if you have a Dr. Robotnik, do you automatically get a Sonic? Sonic only really opposes Eggman when he is, like, threatening freedoms or the world. Normally he's going to turn it into a robot utopia, which for some reason Sonic is opposed to. Well, it's mainly because he traps people inside robots. Yeah. Animals that are perfectly safe, they come out of it fine. Yes, but are they like the power source to it in the same way that in The Matrix, technically the humans are fine? How efficient is that? One living bird could fuel a big-ass robot. Uh, yeah, I get that. It's great efficiency, but if Dr. Robotnik goes to me and says, you know what, I've built this big robot, it can fit a human. I'm like, cool, okay, you're going in. Uh, I don't want it. Well, you're too late. <laughs> <laughs> but then you're in a robot suit. Brilliant. I'd rather not be, because then I need to rely on a blue hedgehog. <laughs> yeah. 
And Alex has already removed the three bash health and safety system to get it released because <laughs> apparently that was a bad idea. I think it's a terrible idea. I don't know. Well, I think you're absolutely wrong here. But anyway, the point I was going to make with Sonic the Hedgehog is that if Robotnik does get out of line, we can always rely on Sonic the Hedgehog to save us. Like, that is the failsafe to Robotnik. That if he gets too evil and takes the country in the wrong direction, we've always got the blue blur to save us. We rely on a blue hedgehog. Right. Okay. <laughs> I think the problem with dr robotnik is that he looks really good when it's coming up he's too good you're right like you get very excited for dr robotnik this time dr robotnik's going to be great and then actually when dr robotnik comes you realize hang on this is a bit half-baked they haven't really thought this through so you're saying he's the ideal politician (laughs) and so then we kind of get bored of dr robotnik and then a couple of months later a new dr robotnik gets announced and everyone's like, oh, this one's going to be great. This one. This is going to be the best Dr. Robotnik. I think you're underselling Dr. Robotnik. He does have very good theme music. Because, like, he makes giant theme parks and giant robots in a matter of days. His is way ahead of his time. He's going to have ideas that we don't really understand, but are going to be fantastic. And we're not even going to know it until we put him in power and give him all the money he needs. And he doesn't even need that much money, because I don't know what budget he's got, but he always seems to have an infinite supply of robots. So what could he do with the entire country's capital? Just imagine the possibilities. I don't think he's using capital. I think he's using enslaved people slash animals. <laughs> you mean robots? <laughs> with people in them. With animals in them. Yeah, you mean fully live and willing animals. They're perfectly happy. They come flying out, chirp, chirp. Hey, nice to see you, Sonic. Why did you destroy my robot? We do have the interesting question as to the battery-farmed pigeon supplying the robot army. Yeah. It's very ecologically friendly. I mean, it's great pest control as well. Whatever like pests we need to get rid of, just give them robot suits instead. Wait, hang uh, Yes, indeed. <laughs> Another benefit of Eggman, he will name everything after egg-related puns, so we get the Millennium Egg. Oh, right, now I'm in. <laughs> the, uh, the, the, the house is a omelette, I don't know. Indeed. <laughs> okay, so let's have a little summary. Alex, could you summarise Robbie Rotten for us? Of course. So Robbie Rotten is incredibly lazy, and he will use his laziness to have community initiatives that's going to make life better for everyone, and he's not going to kill everyone or turn them into robots. And AJ, can you summarise Queen Whatever Wanabi? She is a sassy, totally not evil Lego queen who will fulfil the role of head of state and look good doing it. And a final quick summary of Dr. Robotnik. Robot Utopia, technological advancements, egg puns. <laughs> okay, so I've gone through the CVs. I've spent about pff, 45 seconds on each one. That's more than most. It's because Eggman is just too I've good. made my decision now as to who I'm going to call to interview. There's only one interview slot. We're not doing two. <laughs> so the thing about Dr. Robotnik is, is that he's very technology advanced. And I can't deny he probably will improve the country with those robots. Which is why you've given him the job. However, I don't think he will sit with the personality of the country. Clearly, there is a desire to just stick our head in the ground and allow technology to just go past us, really. Stay in the Stone Ages. He would be pro-Brexit. <laughs> there is a clear advisory role for him. I'll pass the CV on to a different department. <laughs> 
head of education. <laughs> He's the head of counterintelligence because he doesn't like people snooping as usual. <laughs> you got it. In the same way, Queen Whatever, I feel, has a fantastic way of bringing new ideas to the country and, of course, an alliance with our perceived greatest enemy. <laughs> However, I'm wondering what the oh, long-term dear. issues that come from this, marrying the president of France. There will be an affair. If there isn't, then in France, they're going to have a problem. If there's not an affair, France is going to have a problem. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is French politics. You can't be a French politician and not have an affair. Like, it's just not viable. Oh, dear. I'm sorry. We don't... This guy's too honourable. we got to get rid of him. <laughs> so, again, I think I will take the CV and put it into a different department because there's definitely some value here, which leads me to the candidate which not only bringing ideas, but the idea that they will improve the country, but also not take that much control, be not that dominant. And when you get right down to it, I don't want my replacement to show me up. <laughs> so the winner this week is a Mr. Robbie Rotten. <laughs> Fantastic. Villain number one. <laughs> Truly. Hang on, you just... You just want to run it from, like, the shadows, don't you? You're just putting Robbie Rotten in because he's going to be too lazy and you're just going to be there in the background like, yes, I've retired. (laughs) So, like, I am still a government employee, which means I still have a fax machine. I have just received a fax. Okay. I have been informed that due to budget cuts, um, the job doesn't even exist anymore. Um, But, alas, as a consolation prize, I will present... Robbie Rotten with a collection of fake moustaches, which hopefully he can use in his next interview process as lead villain. I'm sure he'd like it for the disguises. That's true, he doesn't have any facial hair, perfect. Yeah, well, thank you for this opportunity. And thank you to all of the candidates. Eggman will be very disappointed, but like, he doesn't need more fake moustaches, he's already got a great moustaches. <laughs> <laughs> just just a paper starts on top of my stuff. I'm not shaven. What do you think I am? <laughs> and if you enjoyed these villainous rants, you can catch us on www.hexagorgon.com. That's H E X A G O R G O N.com. We're also at Hexagorgon on Twitter, Hexagorgon FB on Facebook, Hexagorgon on YouTube, and Hexagorgon Live on Twitch. Come check us out, we're having a great time. And recommend the episode to like some friends if you think they're equally evil and would love to hear how good all these villains are at running the country. Or other episodes, I recommend them as well, they're great. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, thanks guys, that was excellent. Oh, that was very good. Thank you.